In this conversation, I speak to Anna Duarte, who is a casting assistant. She has incredible insight. And in this chat, we talk about her journey, what led her into casting, some of the do's and don'ts for actors when approaching casting teams, and where they look when they start casting a project. Anna also opens up about being diagnosed with EDS and ADHD. As a disabled and a neurodivergent casting assistant, she talks about the conversations that she has in offices and gives her advice for any actors that are disabled neurodivergent on how to approach this industry and what pieces of advice to take with you. Anna also shares her biggest takeaway for you from this episode. So stay tuned and I hope you loved this conversation as much as I did. Anna is incredible and it was such a pleasure to have her on. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Anna, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It is a pleasure to have you here. Um, For all the listeners at home who maybe don't know who you are, can you give some context as to who you are, what you do, and how you ended up in this field? Uh, So my name is Anna Dwight, and I'm currently a casting assistant. I just finished a big contract with... Uh, Andy Riley and Victor Jen- Jenkins, which was like really nice. And now I am currently at Yacht Park for a couple of weeks working on a feature film. Um, but God, I, my background is a little bit all over the place because I come from Portugal and it's quite hard to get into the industry there, um, especially when I was studying. So <laughs> it was a bit of a journey to get here. I studied different things and then I was like, you know what, I'm going to take a risk and go to England and see what I can do there. Um, So I moved (laughs) on a whim. Thankfully, my mum was living here at the moment. Uh, So it wasn't totally on a whim when I was like 21. And I was like, let's just see. Um, I went to City College Norwich uh, to do actually a course in creative writing because that was an easy way to get into uni without without having to do all the English tests and stuff. (laughs) My English wasn't as good as it is now, even if I say it's not that good. Um, and yeah, I did that. And then I went to the Norwich University of the Arts where I studied film and moving image production. And I always had a passion for actors. So I was like, how do I get into just work with them? And it's not as easy as you think. <laughs> yeah, uh, so yeah, I did a lot of uh, background in reality TV shows. I work on things like TOWIE and Celebrity, uh, Big Brother and Big Brother and all that kind of stuff as a logger. And I was like, how do I get into casting though? How? How? (laughs) And every time I applied, um, I was told I didn't have enough um, office experience. So I accepted a job that was kind of like a bookings thing for like uh, crew people to get that office experience. And then the pandemic hit. (laughs) And they had to let me go. And I was like, okay, this is a chance. And then I knew about the NFTS casting course. And I was like, okay, I'm going to apply because I just need, I know I have a, a like good experience. I just need to have like a few doors open and make the contacts. And yeah, that was pretty much, I got in and uh, it was really lovely to like learn from, you know, Jane Arnold, Shaheen Beg, and Gina Jay and everyone that came in to talk. And then they helped me get into Sophie Holland. Um, I worked first as a personal assistant, but then she let me learn a lot of casting stuff with her, which was really nice because you learn without that pressure 
already being a casting assistant and um as you can see from here i'm a big fan of shadow and bone so i've got to work on season two <laughs> which uh you know is not official but just being there reading the scripts and just like seeing how everything is done in one of your favorite tv shows is kind of is really cool and then from then i move on to victor and andy and we worked on like really cool stuff like from my grandma's favorite tv show which is silent witness <laughs> which then i actually you know got to take her on a tour of the set which was really lovely when she came visit to one of my favorite tv shows uh on bbc3 which is starstruck so you know and uh, got to work with alfonso cuaron as well so yeah it's been exciting like a couple of years since starting and I just hope it keeps getting more excited as well. <laughs> I'm looking forward to see what happens. <laughs> That's incredible. And I love that you said the pandemic hit and then there was an opportunity for you. Not many people would see it in that way in terms of like pandemic hits, you'd lose your job and they have to let you go. And that can be really detrimental to people's well-being. But you saw it as an opportunity. Was that ever? Was there ever a moment of, panic that kind of set in first or was it always right now this is the time for me to do what I want to do well um I'm very lucky I wasn't lucky growing up I come from a, like a low social background and you know and all that kind of stuff so you always had to like work your way up so when you know how to be poor <laughs> do you know what I mean so and um, but at the same time I have uh, my partner which he was able to keep his stable job which helped a lot. And then he was very supportive as well. And he's like, look, you've been trying to be free to do this kind of stuff. So, you know, we can, you know, you're very good at managing everything and just make us survive with a bare minimum if we have to. And it's not like we could go anywhere anyway. <laughs> so, you know, I just kept going, you know, learning as much. There was loads of, um, you know, either podcasts where casting people were coming and agents and loads of talks. So I just did everything to learn as much as I could. So then when I applied for the course, I felt like I knew like a bit more about casting, which I didn't know before, even though I knew about the industry, if that makes sense. But it's like it's very specific his job. So, yeah, I was just like, you know, it was just lucky that I had my partner because I don't think without that I could have done it or have to like have work somewhere else. And he was just like, no, just 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 try and do it. Like we can figure this out. And yeah, and I applied and we didn't even have the money for it but I was like you know thankfully I got sponsored which is really nice um and then yeah I got to do the course and then straight away in a couple of months I was working at Sophie Holland which it was brilliant so you know it was just at the end of the pandemic by then but still you know yeah, it was okay. yeah, it was worth the the opportunity but it was hard in other things um because I have ADHD so staying at home is not good for me and I think other people with ADHD will feel the same. Um, but yeah, it just that part was a bit of a struggle. I think a lot of people struggle with staying at home and not being able to go anywhere. <laughs> but in other news, my other disability was really happy because I didn't do anything so my body could rest. So it's like, cut. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I answered that correctly, but... Oh, no, absolutely. I think that's that's brilliant. And highly highlighting the fact that support networks, they don't get enough credibility for what they do yeah. for us, but they allow us to do so much. And I think the fact that you've, you've got that, it, it does really help, doesn't it? 
Yeah, we did that to each other. Like, we've been together, it's going to be 13 years in February next year. So um, I helped him in the beginning and then he established it. And then I, you know, we're both in media. So, but he's in sports and I'm, I always want to like get in film and TV and casting in particular. So we've always been supporting each other. So it's just kind of life, you know, and commitment. You kind of just... You say, I support you now, then you support me now, you know what I mean? And we change as he needs. So, yeah, we're very lucky that we got each other. <laughs> and it's nice that you understand <laughs> what each other do as well. That's really yeah. nice. Yeah. So what do you think it was that in particular attracted you to casting? Like, what was it about it? You're brilliant at what you do. So are there any skills and qualities that you feel you have to be like, yeah, I make a great casting assistant and this is why. And what kind of brought you into this casting realm? What attracted you to it? What attracted me to casting is like it was a long time because obviously I was seeing actors on TV. I always had, you know, you always want to figure out where they've been before and what they did. Like, and he's just like a passion about their work. Obviously, you know, I used I still call myself, and I know, you know, a lot of people think it's funny, but I still call myself a bit of a fangirl. <laughs> not a crazy one, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going, like, screaming and jumping, but, you know, I'm very passionate about the things I like, which you can see just from the back of me, from all the books I have. But, um, you know what I mean? I'm very passionate. And I'm the same with actors. I knew, even though I enjoyed acting, it's cool. Like, I knew I didn't have the passion on stuff to go for it because um, you need a lot of passion and you need it's not easy but I knew how much I wanted to be there for actors if that makes sense um, so I was just like you know what can I do that involves working with actors but like really be there for them which normally is agenting and casting which I had been happy with either I think obviously I haven't tried most of agenting but I like the creative side as well so I knew casting was the correct one because obviously you also involved in the productions and stuff like that. And in a weird way, I just wanted to see a Portuguese name out there, if that makes sense in the credits. Um, <laughs> it's like my family name is like, there's not a lot of achievements in our family. It's going to be some because now I have like younger brothers and I have everyone is growing up now. But I was like the first one achieving a lot of stuff and, you know, putting our name out there. So I just, yeah. So that is another thing. And you can't get that with agenting. <laughs> so it's kind of a little of that uh, as well. So, um, yeah, so I, as I worked and I did the course, everyone kept saying, you know, um, this is this at the Norwich course uh, for film. Everyone kept saying, oh, you're so good with actors and organising things. We didn't even learn about casting there, which is kind of crazy that that's not a compulsory thing in a lot of film courses because... You need to know how to manage actors and expectations and all that kind of stuff, which I think I'm very good at, you know, just talking and just being there for them and just understanding, which, you know, gets into the skills. <laughs> you know what I mean? In a weird way, everyone says I'm like the mummy friend, so I think that comes handy, you know, just being there. But also know how to, you know, not be a bit of a pushover. Like, unfortunately, not everyone gets what they need, which is hard to say no. But, yeah, so... um when I was in the course, everyone said that, you know, you have such good skills. And I was like, yeah, I want to work with casting people so and with actors and do all that. So I just kept trying to get there. Um, and, yeah, and my skills, when I applied for the casting course, I, well, yeah, I was talking about, you know, organisation skills, which is quite funny because everyone is like, 
but yeah, they say you have ADHD? And I'm like, yes, because I was diagnosed late. So I had to, <laughs> I had to learn coping mechanisms really early and um, adapt them to every work that I go to because there's like certain ways that my uh, brain doesn't process information really well. So I had to learn to like, you know, be very organized. Yeah. And, um, you know, you just have to have attention to detail and make sure you're spelling people's names correctly. And because obviously I'm foreign to myself, I felt like I always take note on making sure as possible as I can names are spelled right because mine is always spelled wrong. <laughs> I have my name, one of my face credits was like spelled wrong and I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, so, um, you know, I mean, just add that attention to detail, being organized, just be able to preempt like, you know, um, your casting director and associates needs, just really be there for them. And also like, you know, obviously develop your skills on, you know, um, you know, not kind of judging talent, but not like judging them, if you know what I mean, like getting to know, going to the shows and just watch everything. Like sometimes casting directors are really busy, so you have to be able to go, but also make really good notes on, you know, what you've seen and why do you think that people are really good and why we should call them for roles that, you know, we saw other things like that. So, yeah, just... Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to think what else. <laughs> but it's just a it's just a lot of admin skills, organization skills, but also like have a lot of passion for for it because I think if you're not passionate about it, sometimes it can be really difficult. And also know how to like how to come like just know how to be like yourself, but also like listen to what people are telling you uh, that you when learning and what they want. Because um, for IC, obviously, I don't deal a lot with directors and stuff like that unless it's, like, on emails where I'm sending lists and, like, <laughs> tapes and things like that. But you should know how to be professional in the, even in those emails and just, you know, um, preempt that sometimes casting director can't reply. You're replying for them, so you're representing them. And just make sure you're always representing them in the best way, which I hope I'm doing that right now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it's just a lot of things to think of, but just just being there for them and just just do everything in a organised way and just be passionate about it, basically, and just liking actors. Because if you don't like them, like, I don't know why you should be doing it, to be honest, but, yeah. <laughs> and you are so incredibly supportive of actors. Like, I've seen that firsthand, and, like, you really were so supportive. And it, it really helped me navigate audition and self-tape process because you were there every step of the way and you were you took the time and I really appreciate that because I know how busy you are so the fact that you took like 10 seconds to send an email just to give me some feedback like I really appreciated that and I felt really seen we wish you could give feedback to everyone sometimes it's obviously you have to give a lot of generic feedback in a way you know what I mean but to be honest like when we ask for feedback we just have to be honest about 99% of the time, it, it's nothing wrong with what you did. It just tastes up in the chain, you know what I mean? It's just not quite right what they saw in that role, but they thought you were amazing. And half of the time you're like, how's that? It's just, you know what I mean? Like, it's basically what you hear. So people say, oh, but like, do you have any more specific feedback? And I'm like, actually, no, like they said they were amazing, but it's just not quite right for the role. And um, you know what I mean? We obviously keep them in mind. And it, it's quite hard. I just... Um, but most of the time it's that it just you have, guys have the talent it's just <laughs> taste a lot of the time and luck I guess because sometimes there's things where 
someone else got cast first for a role and you look too similar to them. So obviously, you know, those things don't work well on screen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just, just that. <laughs> so we try our best to give as much as we can um, and just be there. But sometimes it's hard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you're so busy as well. So it really does, you guys have a lot <laughs> to try and navigate. But as a casting assistant, when you get a project through, where are some of the first places you look? Is there anywhere in particular that you're like, right, I've got this project, I need to cast, bring the right people in for these roles. Where do I start? Well, it really depends not only on the casting director, how they work, but also what uh, production wants with each role. So, you know, you know, sometimes um, to when it's like at the beginning, when they haven't really into project, sometimes you have to attach someone with a bit of name. We all know that, you know what I mean? They help selling the project, which then helps casting everyone else and get the project lit. So, you know, when that happens, uh, it's basically they tell us to, you know, what the characteristics of this role. Could we please like have, you know, who you think will be right that has a few, quite a few credits, um, you know, people know them from something and yeah that comes from you know casting director's mind and then you know if the casting director is uh, really nice sometimes it's like oh if you have any suggestions you know put them on the list as well so we do that check their avails if they are available for the project and we make these beautiful lists for production to and director to have a look at and then if they like people from that then we obviously um get in touch to either get them to tape or sometimes when they have a good amount of credits, you know, it's more like straight to meeting kind of thing. And then when it comes to, you know, the other rules, when you don't need anyone with name, we normally like try and see as much possible people we can for the roles that fit the profile. And we do use Spotlight a lot um, I, because it's just easy to navigate and and it just, it's easy for like a lot, because there's a lot of um, actors out there. Uh, if it's like European projects where you can go a bit uh, further, which I, I like that because <laughs> I also like contacting the Portuguese agencies. <laughs> but so, you know, by a lot, I like being in contact with all the other European agencies as well. But um, then you contact them, you suggest, oh, there's the role, because sometimes they're not on Spotlight. Do you have any talent that fits this profile? And then you get to see them. And then if there's specific characteristics that it's hard to find, you know, someone's uh, you know talks a very specific language which you know sometimes you only have three or four people on spotlight and sometimes we get to open casting calls which nowadays is more, pretty much a social media casting call which is how we get talking wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and then from there that one is it's a big one because um we get loads of applications a lot of people who are uh not with an agent so you really need to learn to navigate really well because you know, with agencies, it's easier because they know what they're doing. That you know, I mean, like you know, you know, they're taking care of the actor and it's right. But when you know, if you're dealing with children, which is the one that we got in touch, uh, it was a children's project um, that you helped me with. <laughs> um, you know, you have to learn to navigate parents. Obviously, they're super protective of the kids as they should. You have to make sure they know that you're like, <laughs> you know, a legit project. And it's just like assuring even more and just learn them through all the processes that of casting because they don't know everything. When, 
you know, agents know all the different projects and uh, processes and they know what to tell you guys, but within there you have to explain, this is what's going to happen now, and then later on this might happen, or this or this or that, we'll keep you we're here if you need us. So, yeah, <laughs> it's just, um, and as a casting assistant, you get to deal a lot with agents and agents assistants, and then obviously if you do the social media calls, we end up being the ones also dealing with that, and then the directors deal with, like, you know, all the big stuff <laughs> and the creative part of like, you know, suggesting actors and because they have like encyclopedia knowledge and times it's, it's really fun to see their brain just like, oh, what about that person? What about that person? I was like, I can't wait to be like that. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're, when you've got one of these projects and you're looking on, on Spotlight, I imagine there's a lot of agents that put their clients forward. There's tons of agents out there and there's tons of performers on Spotlight. So what happens when you get so many applications for a part? How do you then on Spotlight navigate that? Do you look through every submission or do you just look through the top few? Um, from the ones I have done, I have gone you know, through... You know, when, I, when I've been told, yeah, you can go through submissions, like for really tiny roles, like sometimes um, casting directors let us do that so we can learn, but then they go through everything as well. So bless them, it's kind of like double work, but giving us the chance of training ourselves in a way. But I do go through all the submissions until the date they closes. That's when you know you're going to have a lot of submissions, you know you don't need a, like that much of a big window. These things go fast, so... Yeah, we get those submissions, but and then we go through all the pages of submissions, and then we keep checking. Even sometimes we're requesting tapes or things like that, and we check if there's new submissions if it hasn't closed as well. So um, people obviously we already know, so we look at the photo. Oh yeah, that person we remember, and obviously we don't have to really go to their profile because we just know they can do a really good self tape. Uh, but if there's people who don't know, and we're like, oh, they really look good for the part. Because, it's, you know, and then we go through, like, watch their little show reels if it's there. So it's always good that show reels are there or some kind of thing. doesn't need to be professional, you know, but um, just something to give us, like, oh, yeah, they are, like, really good. So let's get them to tape because that's how you get to know people that you don't know before. So, but, yeah, I tend to go through everything, but that's because I'm also really curious. And in the offices that I worked for so far, I know that they go through everything, <laughs> um, all the submissions. But obviously a casting director knows even more than me, so their glances are even quicker because they just know people so fast. and like, yeah, that person is good, that person is good. Oh, who's that one? They click. So it goes very faster than me doing it. <laughs> so how so, important yeah. is it for an actor on their spotlight to have some sort of footage, like you say, it doesn't have to be professional, so that you've got something to, to watch? Are you more likely to, to trust your instinct and bring them in if there's something good there that you've watched and seen? Yeah, it's always good. Um, it, it's always good to have it because sometimes, you know, especially with small roles, you give people that have no credits more of a chance. But if they have no credits, you have nothing to Google or check for. So if they have something in there, you know what I mean? Even if it's in the wrong accent that we need or whatever, but if we can just see that they can do something good, you know what I mean, and that can fit the role just seeing them acting, then obviously there's more chances of them getting picked. And if there's nothing in there, it's harder to judge. But obviously, you know, depending on character, like smaller characteristics that you need for a role, sometimes, you know, you have to take the risk a bit more. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if it's like a role that everyone, you know, 
can fit like loads of people can fit really easily so having that there it just makes us make a judgment better judgment and give you the chance a bit more if that makes sense yeah no absolutely I totally understand that because I suppose it's you know when you're bringing people in for the creative team it's your kind of reputation on the line you want to make sure the people you're bringing in are like top-notch yeah we do give a lot of chances because that's what the industry is about you know what I mean and there's a lot of people that we have seen you know in doing their showcases and stuff like that and obviously we just have one thing to judge we thought they were amazing but like that's also theatre half of the time which is very different (laughs) and sometimes you see them in a musical which that's even more different because not everyone can tone down their theatre persona, you know, especially musical theatre. They're amazing, though. I love musical people. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know what I mean? But um, So, yeah, it's just really nice to see them, to know that they can do they can do it. And Because also we, just, we hate wasting actors' time because we know how many self-tapes you get, so many auditions, and we know everyone is working, like, one or two jobs at the same time. So it's like, you know, whatever is there that makes you, us to also not waste your time because, you know, we know that you're not going to get the role because you're just not quite right for that opportunity, the better, you know what I mean? Obviously, we still see you because we watch all the tapes, but it's just, which is, you know, you could have been doing the tape for something else and giving more time to that and that role might be, like, more perfect, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Instead of doing a hundred and just for doing it and then you guys like just like so overwhelmed <laughs> god it's so, sometimes there's just so many things going on plus the jobs so <laughs> absolutely and as a casting assistant I imagine you're in the office a lot when all these emails from actors come through going here's my showreel please look what would you say are some of the biggest things that they should avoid or some of the biggest mistakes you see made when actors start writing to these casting teams? Is there anything you're like, please don't do that? First of all, my name is spelled with one N. <laughs> so just saying that, I know it sounds like, you know, a bit, but it is annoying because, you know, if you search me, like everywhere I'm with Anna Dwight with one N, so... You know what I mean? Like, I I understand sometimes a mistake on spelling on my last name, but that one is easy to, to know that it's only one N there. <laughs> so I get a lot of Annas with two Ns, and I had Hannahs before. So I was like, that's even, you're just adding more words in there for no reason now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, make sure you're spelling, you know, the names correctly, um, and you're addressing the right project. So we have things about addressing things that I haven't worked on. You know what I mean? And you can clearly, you can quickly see what people have worked on mostly on the IMDb because he's there. Um, just because I worked for a casting director doesn't mean that I necessarily worked for those projects. But if you know what I mean, like they will be in there because obviously casting directors have years of projects going on and I've just been working them for a small period of time. So I'm not, you know, I haven't worked on all, <laughs> all of those projects. Um, I mean, when they're directing it just to me, obviously, um, if they see seeing the casting director itself, that's a completely different stuff. You know, obviously mention the, their project. That's the most important thing. Um, I do get loads of nice emails about uh, neurodivergent actors, which is really nice. So I try to like keep them in mind. So not always we have like, we reply, but I do tend to watch things and then... And then I just keep a, like, I have a little folder, you know, and, and of like emails from actors. And then I organize them from like little, <laughs> you know, <laughs> female, woman, non-binary, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then 
you know, if they have like, any, you know, and I just go back and it has happened before where we go back and like, oh, wait, someone's in my email and I think they'll be perfect for this. And then you go back and then you get them to, to tape. So it has happened before. And sometimes uh, people send it right at the precise time that you're looking for a role. And I'm like, actually, now that you send an email, would you like to tape? Who's your agent? <laughs> you know, um, but yeah. Um, also another thing, make, make sure your photos are not uh, like, you know, really high rest, like when you attach them, because sometimes they're just like too big when you scroll down. So make sure it's like more of a thumbnail thing and then you have the link so we can like visually see it. Because sometimes I'll just see an eye when I open the email <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and then you can't see them very well. So, you know, um, make sure it's nice and neat. Obviously, you know, if you don't have spotlight, you know, a link to a showreel. Links normally is the best in a way because obviously everything looks more neat and is easier to to get but yeah and just address that address the uh, projects accordingly and yeah just be polite I guess I haven't had any nasty emails to be honest but yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely and is there any specific time that you think is better for actors to write to casting teams obviously we know that actors are also working crazy hours and doing tapes but you know our office hours normally is the best because um, a lot of us tend to have emails on um, on the phones as well. And sometimes I look in, through it, and if I look through the phone after hours, obviously I'm not going to reply. But if I look through it during working hours and I have a moment, I might reply or I might like, watch it. But on the phone, I have to flag it to make sure I don't forget. Obviously, with ADHD, I forget a lot of things as well, which is really bad. So I have to... like. But if it's straight while I'm doing work, it's much easier because it's on the laptop while I watch it, while I see it. If I have a moment, I watch it, I can flag things properly. And I know I won't forget because of my stupid brain. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, um, so I prefer that. But obviously, I think most will prefer because it's working hours, you know what I mean? It's still work, you know what I mean? So um, even though sometimes we might email agents out of hours, but that's not our fault. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's not our problem. <laughs> Sometimes things come last minute. <laughs> you have become incredibly successful in your field. And not only have you navigated this industry, but like you say, you've also had to navigate your ADHD, your EDS. I mean, that's a lot to try and navigate. So can you explain a bit about what they are and the kind of how they've affected you within this industry so um so my eds is like considered like a hidden disability especially at a minute because i'm not using any mobility aids yet uh, it's kind of um so it's basically it's so hard to explain there's like 13 different ones apparently and but my case is the hypermobility one which means like i literally dislocate all my joints um very easily and when I don't dislocate fully I'm always having uh, what thing called sublactions which there's like partial dislocation so like they're just quite not right in place so um, with that comes chronic pain chronic fatigue bad mobility you know afraid to do things because you're like <laughs> you know if I run I'm not allowed to run for example so you know I'm not the kind of person that can be late like can be like on time for things I have to always leave earlier because if something goes wrong I've a bus comes earlier or something like that, I, I can't run for it. Um, not medical allowed to, because I'll just dislocate uh, my ankles. So that means like I have to keep in consideration all of those things before doing something. 
which then <laughs> affects work because not like work itself affects how I feel while doing work you know what I mean um for example when I go to the office I have to think about I have to wake up way earlier because I have you know just getting out of the bed you know it hurts things are a little out of place you need to have that time to do your stretches the doctor told you you have to do and all that then you can go and have your shower having showers for example and things like that that people see as like a normal thing to do if you're having a bad day it's really hard like like arms up and things like that you know what I mean so everything is just like a little bit like extra <laughs> you know what I mean you can just go in and have a shower like get out and be down but I have to like make sure I have good time because I have to sometimes have time to rest in between doing things um so by the time I get to an office and after traveling I'm already exhausted <laughs> You know what I mean? I don't know how to explain it, but, you know, only in pain, but exhausted. So, you know, imagine having to work, like, when you're in constant pain, and apparently my level of pain on a normal day is a 6 out of 10. So, you know, imagine having to work through that, and then also being tired from things. It's, it's, it's not easy, and you have to be in focus. Thankfully, I feel like because I have the ADHD, like, my ADHD kind of, like, helps, <laughs> You know what I mean? And I end up getting, like, I, I work well when tired, brain-wise. You know what I mean? So I think it helps. But I don't think if someone knew how it is, yeah, I wonder how they cope. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it, it's really hard on that. You have to tell agents. have to always be careful telling agents when I get invitations for shows that I can only take certain seats. There's theatres I can't go because there's no good accessibility or the chairs are really tiny. Uh, there's no room for stretching you know, even in the aisle seat. So I have to learn about all the theatres I'm not allowed to go. <laughs> I can do stairs, but it's hard sometimes as well. So, you know, all of that kind of stuff. You're just always overthinking everything and, you know, and all that kind of stuff and always being in pain. So a hybrid system works really well for me. And the thing is, not a lot of casting offices uh, do that, which is one of the things I like talking about sometimes because we all like trying to give so much, um, you know, diversity and especially disabilities as well. Lately, it's been like a big conversation about disabilities on screen. But then when it comes to employing people, not all casting offices are allowed to accommodate to people's disabilities. And sometimes people with these kind of disabilities all just need is a hybrid system or just an awareness that sometimes you wake up and you can't move things out of place in a really bad way. Um, and it just, you know, and you're still working from home. Like all you're asking is to work from home, which I think someone that you have a disability going through that will be like, can I have a day off and go to the hospital? So, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so all you're asking is to work from home and a lot of casting offices can't accommodate. Luckily, every single person I worked for, they are amazing and they all accommodated that and, you know, I have always worked a hybrid system with also that thing in mind of if you wake up today and you're not feeling well, just let us know. You don't need to come, just work from home. But I also feel like as a disabled person, you always have to like give 120%. You know what I mean? I work through having a flu. I work through having COVID because I sometimes might have bad days with a disability. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like I... You know, but that's on me, you know what I mean? I just feel like, oh, I shouldn't be asking to not work through a flu because, <laughs> you know what I mean? I already asked for extra attention and appointments and stuff like that. So, you know, it's just the flu, you know I mean? I can handle it. 
you know what I mean? But it's just like, yeah, so there's all that kind of stuff that you have to go through. And that's really hard. And that, but I also realized after working with amazing casting directors that I'm just going to now be upfront if anyone wants to hire me, because I feel like you can't just preach about putting people on screen about it, which we still have to put more, by the way. <laughs> and then you can't do that for the people working for you. With ADHD, I think I feel like I, I was a really late diagnosis as well. And as a woman, it manifests differently as well. So I feel like I already learned so many coping mechanisms by the time I got diagnosed that I just feel like it just doesn't affect me. It's just more like a looking back and I was like, oh, you know, that makes sense why I was doing things like that. So it's more like a nostalgia thing. I was like, oh, if I had been diagnosed earlier, my life could have been slightly better. <laughs> but, you know, but now diagnosed later just makes sense. And he also makes me realize, you know, the little accommodations is not much. It's a lot of things is like, can I please color code this list? Because my brain processes information if things are, for example, color coded, if it's different things, just to, you know, things like that. And yeah, most of the time they're like, oh, it looks prettier actually. <laughs> so I realized that a lot of my accommodations for ADHD makes things better in the office. So that works, that one. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, it's just a learning process. And if you have really good people um, that you're working for, it really works. And a lot of them got me in the beginning when I was still learning a lot about my disability. So <laughs> it's really nice that they just were very accommodating with it. So, yeah. I don't know if I... Did I answer everything? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I was just going to ask you a follow-up question on that because I actually yeah. had someone message me and I can't tell them the answer to this. Um, they're an actor with a disability and they wanted to know at what point do they need to tell, like, casting? Do they tell them before they go in for the audition because they don't want to seem like they're making excuses because obviously when they're, when they're ill and no, stuff, they, they don't no want excuses. to do that's not an excuse. Your accommodations are not excuses. Exactly. That's what I was hoping to tell them. But I wanted like, to check with you first. Yeah. To, 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 like, obviously, I'm talking about one myself. And to be honest, I think I can speak for who I worked for because I've seen a lot of stuff. But obviously, I'm speaking for myself. You know, if you feel open to it, you don't have to disclose what it is. You, but you, if you need accommodations, then you have to disclose what accommodations you need, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Don't we know? You don't have to say why it is for. You know what I mean? If you say, you know, um, for example, um, a lot of people, uh, well, so my auntie's an actress, bless um, her starting as well, but she's younger than me, long story. <laughs> and she was saying, because she has ADHD as well, because things run in the family. And um, she basically was telling me how she feels like, you know, she her brain processes information better with ADHD if it's printed. You know what I mean? And, and I was like, but that's an accommodation that you can ask for. You tell them you got the role, you tell them you want a hard copy and they have to send it to you because it's a disability accommodation that you need for. And then I think in all neurodivergent neuro- people do prefer hard copies and a, a lot of older actors also prefer it because obviously they have been doing for a long time. They're not um, as smart with um, uh, technology, you know, it evol- evolves all the time, it's hard for them. And that's like another accommodation that you know you have to do uh, as well so just you know you don't have to disclose what the disability is but if you feel comfortable with it and it's a real accommodation you need for disclose it from the beginning if you feel comfortable saying why it is that means like we're just more aware because a lot of them a lot of us are having training in, you know and things like that so that means you 
we're more aware when we don't know things. There's associations that we can get in touch with, like Triple C and NAC, where you can get in touch and be like, oh, by the way, you know, we have um, someone coming for a callback that has this disability. Can I make sure I'm saying things correctly? And, you know, and is there any accommodations that I should be aware? You know, because sometimes people don't disclose. And I understand, you know, because we always see disability as something that I'm not going to get my job, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, but it's not the case and shouldn't be the case anymore. Um, so, yeah, for me, like, always be open if you want to. I, I understand. And even from the bottom, <laughs> as an assistant, I'll be, you know, fighting up there to make sure that accommodations are met as much as we can. And for every office I worked so far, I know that they will, like, want to know uh, what can be done better. And a lot of us put in our signatures, you know, if there's any accommodations for your client, you know what I mean, please do let us know. We do not say about disclosing disabilities because, you know, it's, this is that is up to you. So, yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant thank you because I did I did think you know there's a very different it's completely different being ill and having an excuse than it is like when you've got accommodations that need to be made to make your life so much easier and better for you and to give you the same advantage that everyone else is like don't put yourself at a disadvantage because you're too scared to say what you need because that is your right to say that because I can't, for example, stand for long periods of time. So I've been getting in touch lately for about workshops and stuff like that. So I've been disclosing it and saying, just so you know, I have EDS, which means I can't stand for long periods of time. So I can do all the in-person workshops if you need to, but I'll have to have a chair. And I know a lot of them have, but I'm disclosing in advance just on the odd chance there's someone that doesn't have a chair. And also, it's not most of the time it has to be a comfortable chair which is really hard to explain <laughs> because like obviously you don't ask for it but you know what I mean that you know I have adaptations in the office which you know which I'm sat right now in one of them and I have them right now which is those little pillars for for they have to put so because uh, for example uh, my coccyx dislocates a lot and when you sit for long periods of time it wobbles and it hurts so if you have the pillow it really helps not putting pressure there and there's and then my by being sat down for a long period of time as well uh, my joints in the knees get like achy and in pain so having those little like steppy things that you can move and stretch and help you like you know elevate slightly and stretch the things really help so you know I mean obviously you know you just need to tell us I know if you're coming for audition for 15 minutes you probably don't need a lot of time but you know or sometimes you might need to know like I can't stand will I have a place to sit and we will tell, yeah, we'll make sure there's a place to sit. We'll figure it out. There will be a place to sit when you get there. And then other times it's like, oh, can I know if there's steps, there's a lift? You know what I mean? Because, you know, there's people who, for example, can't do more than a certain amount of steps. You know what I mean? I know I struggle when I do a lot. I go really slow. <laughs> you know what I mean? So things like that. Uh, whatever is your accommodations, just let us know from the get-go. If you've been calling for in person. If you've been calling for self-tapes and... You know, I know, for example, a lot of autistic people uh, do need, uh, sometimes might need extra time to process the information of the script. So just let us know. We already try and give, like, a, as much time as we can. Sometimes it's annoying when it's, like, quick turnarounds and you have to, like, I'm so sorry. And we hate that we can't, you know, but we figure it out. Sometimes if he's an accommodation, we will then go to production and we're like, I know we have this quick turnaround, but there's someone that is really good. 
the house's accommodation just needs like extra time and we try our best always to make everything work so it's just good to process because we want you guys to give the best so going in there already struggling or in pain or you know stress because uh, uh, you know when it's never emergency uh you know it's more like the stress of not knowing and you know all those things of not having those accommodations that you really need um and stuff like that and you get really anxious and you don't want you don't want you know you're already anxious just because he's a job so we don't want to get extra anxious if you don't need to so yeah we just want the best from you guys so whatever we can do to bring out your best all this, let us know. So what would your advice be to actors who are neurodivergent and who do have a diagnosed disability? What would your advice be to them? What is one piece of advice that you'd like them to take away from this conversation? I just feel like, you know, can't, like the disability doesn't define you and your talent, you know what I mean? You know, you, it's like to me, I feel like I work hard and I, you know, I do my job well despite my disabilities, you know what I mean? They just make things harder sometimes. But, you know, just having disability doesn't make you less than who you are, doesn't make you less talented or anything. So just just keep going and, you know, things are slowly, really slowly, <laughs> you know, getting better. So you just keep trying. If, if you're passionate about advocating about it, which is one of the things that when I got in and I was like, I need to, I need to because... I, you know, not only I want actors to know that I have a disability so they can feel comfortable coming to me, but I feel like there's still a lot that needs to be changed as well uh, behind the scenes. So, you know, if you've got passion about advocating for yourself and others, like, just go for it. Um, there's a lot of things that we can, you know, like I was mentioning before, Triple uh, C and DANK, like, they, you know, have, like, a network of disability performers and crew and they try and work and like come up with a lot of terms and you know they're just so good um so getting in touch with them with any help and things like that it's really good for it i've been in touch with them recently uh, because i was i was asking them you know i wanted to put myself forward to do you know chats with uh actors and stuff like that and and disabled so you know like just little chats and stuff like that how can i go about it um, so make sure the accommodations are met because even though I know certain accommodations sometimes you know I'm doing this for free so I don't know what can I you know how to provide all of them even though it's on zoom so I was like and then also to learn about the language because I can know the language about mine doesn't mean I necessarily know about the language while you know being with someone who is deaf or someone that has MS or someone that you know is in a wheelchair so just making sure that like I'm not offending anyone which I always worry about because my brain talks before thinks as well. So <laughs> perks of ADHD. But um, yeah, so just making sure all of that. So yeah, and now I lost my thought because that's how my brain is. But um, did I answer that? Yes, you absolutely did. And thank you because I think it's very, so, so helpful, your insight. But also the fact that you're advocating for all these things, I think is just brilliant because we need more people talking about these conversations and having these conversations with everyone on all aspects not just on the actor side but on the production side as well we do need more behind the scenes i'll say you don't see a lot and a lot of jobs in the industry and i'm saying casting we're very lucky with casting because it's office related but a lot of offices a lot of um, jobs are not very office based and you know if you have a passion for something and it's not office based like i just you know what i mean i wonder how they how they do it i have a lot of friends in the industry in other 
different um you know spots you know one of my best friends is pfx production coordinator and she goes on location a lot and i was she also doesn't have the best knees like she has also you know a problem with them but you know what i mean i was just like how does she deal sometimes with that it's not for say a disability but i was like oh god it's not easy so there is a lot you know runner job is basically being on your feet constantly and that's how you start in the industry so it's really hard to figure it out uh, how to start in the industry as a runner and also a lot of runner jobs involve driving as well and not everyone can drive i couldn't drive so i struggled a lot in the beginning because i couldn't only go for the non-driving roles as well so imagine as a disability that you can't drive and then you can't be on your feet to start in the industry it's really hard (laughs) you know what i mean so yeah and as an actor you guys have crazy hours and stuff like that so it's, it's figuring out knowing how to what your body can do while scheduling things as well so as as the earliest we know things the better it is as well because that can be passed on to production to then try and accommodate the best but we do need i think if we have more people behind the scenes that means those conversations are having like happening more as well so that means you know actors then eventually won't be feel as bad about talking about their own disabilities and being open about it because they don't think they're going to lose a job because of it you know what i mean which it shouldn't happen by the way <laughs> the same i shouldn't be just losing a job for the fact that i need accommodations <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> absolutely so i want to talk about the fact that you are now a jury member yeah. at the upcoming novello film festival how yeah, did that happen well, I saw um, a friend of mine posted on Instagram about it uh, when they were looking for jury members. And they also said they really like people who are disabled, neurodivergent, and, you know, um, I'm also bisexual, so they wanted people with the LGBTQ plus community uh, to, to, like, really apply. And I was like, well, I got three out of of that like I'm gonna give it a go because I always like to do I love watching short films because we watch it a lot when it comes to actors as well and obviously I have my background with the film so I did my own short films a long time ago and I was like this would be really fun and a lot of experience I'll also get to see actors in the short film so I thought this would be really fun and uh, yeah I applied I emailed them and they're like oh we like seem a really good candidate we're going to like review all the applications and then I get back to you. And they got back to me today and they were like, we'd love to have you. Did you remember? I was like, oh, this is so cool. So yeah, I'm very excited. Um, they still have submissions open for short films and then we're going to be judging around October. And then there's going to be a, like a day festival on the 9th of December at the Ealing Project. So I am very excited. <laughs> Congratulations. That is so exciting. Yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool. So yeah. So make sure to like check them out as well, the Novella Film Festival. (laughs) Amazing. And I'll put links in the show notes of this episode. So if you want to have a look into Novella Film Festival, and even if you want to get applying, because deadlines are still open. Yeah, have short films. I think you said that it's anything after 2021, but I'll just read the instructions because obviously I applied to be a jury, so I didn't (laughs) check all the rules (laughs) of applying, but... You know, there's uh, there's prizes as well, so you know, check it out because it sounds really exciting. And you know, if you get shortlisted, then you get to meet me at the end. <laughs> I love so. that. 
plugging to meet myself in. <laughs> no, it's amazing because Anna is an incredible casting assistant. So thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your insights. It's so valuable. Before we go, I'd love to ask you one last question. And that is, what one piece of advice do you hope people take away from this episode? I, I, oh, that's, I always find that those ones really hard. Even though everyone's like, oh, you give such good advice. And I was like, well, you have to think about it. <laughs> um, I just feel like just, you know, just be yourself. Because that's one of the things I, I needed to learn, that it's not embarrassing to be yourself. I had work in places before where people kind of shame you and bully you for being yourself, for, you know, in my case, being uh, bisexual, for, for being a bit of a fangirl, for, you know, having disability and... You know what I mean? And I was just like, I don't think I'm the one in the wrong here. I'm just enjoying things and I can't really change who I am. So like, you know, like every time, you know, I like going to comic cons and things like that. And they were like, oh, that's embarrassing. And I'm like, you spend all day drinking. So, <laughs> you know, so just be yourself. Um, just, you know, don't be embarrassed about who you are. And like, you know, it's just a joy to meet different people. So that, and that's one of the reasons why I like casting because you get to meet so many different people, not only like in the production side, but also in your casting offices and then the actors, which you guys like are so fun to meet. And I can't wait for when I get to do even more in-person auditions and callbacks and I just get more of that because I just get excited to meet and talk to you and just know your journeys. So yeah, just be yourself and have fun and yeah, have fun. That's the, that's the, that's a good one. Have fun because, you know, life is hard. So just, you know, just enjoy it, <laughs> you know, when you can. <laughs> that's brilliant advice. Thank you so much, Anna, for being a guest on the show. I love chatting to you and you are incredible at what you do. So thank you so much for giving up your busy schedule to talk to us. No, it was, it was so nice to talk to, to you and I hope I didn't ADHD ramble too much because that happens. <laughs> it was perfect. I, there would be nothing worse than a podcast guest who didn't like to talk. So thank you very much because it makes my job a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure and um, hopefully I'll speak to you again soon. Mm-hmm.